We want to welcome you all into episode 45 of Trojan Talk. I'm Zach Tarenko here with Josh Pulsfer and Cole Perez. How are you guys doing this morning? Great. Still cold, waiting for that spring weather. Yeah, it's it's getting there. We've had a couple of nice days, but we're back into the rainy 55, got a little bit of wind chill every day here at school, so it's been tough. But we're back on Trojan Talk after a couple of weeks off, episode 45. We're going to get to 50 by the end of the year. Hopefully we'll get we'll get there. I, I think so. Good battle. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll start off by talking about some TA sports, and we'll start with boys lacrosse. A tough start to this season for them. They're 1-3, and three, lost to Cape Elizabeth yesterday, 7-4. to four. A, a tough set of opponents to start the season. They played Falmouth. They played South Portland. They played Cape. Um, and they only have one win so far. But it look, it's looking up for them. They have a couple of easy games coming up. What do you guys – how, what have you seen from this team so far? I mean, only four games in the season, you know, with, with a one and three record. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, like we you said perfectly, Zach, they faced one of their toughest opening schedules that they've ever had. Um, yesterday they played a very solid Cape team. Uh, they were down five to one at the half. Um, thankfully, though, TA played a much better second half, uh, got to a lot more ground balls, were much more aggressive on uh, contested balls, and uh, they ended up losing the game seven to four. But, again, if you look for minor, you know, wins, they won the second half. Uh, score so you know I think it's just going to be a, a matter of this team needs to uh, you know get a little bit more aggressive I think on the ground balls like I said I think uh, contestions have just, have just been a little bit tough for them right now I spoke to coach Hersey after the game last night and you know he said he'd like to see his guys get a little bit more aggressive which I, I think is uh, something everyone could see watching the game yesterday and they certainly did in the second half so hopefully that was a good step forward for them and uh, again they've got a few more games now uh, including this Friday which will be live streaming at 4 30 here uh, against Portland uh, that they should hopefully take care of business and uh, get themselves back on track before they face Cape again in four more games. Yeah, yeah, it's unique when they face their three best opponents of the year back to back to back, and so that's definitely tough for them. They got the win versus Wyndham their first game, but now they've lost three in a row. And I would say it's no big deal, but you would have you would have liked to win at least one of those three tough games. And I know that uh, their team will definitely change and improve as the season goes on. Um, and hopefully that they can take down some of those opponents in the playoffs. Cape is a great team that just keeps reloading every year. They had a bunch of Division One players last year, mm -hmm. and they just um, brought some guys back and were able to come into Hill Stadium yesterday and take down TA. So they're going to be a force in the playoffs as well as Falmouth and South Portland, and I know Scarborough is, has a good team this year too. So TA trying not to be middle of the pack in Class A. They're trying to uh, raise to the top and challenge those uh, – Cape teams and Falmouth, so we'll see how Coach Hersey gets his team going the rest of the year. I definitely agree. You know, last year had a lot of great players, a lot of more veteran players. It's a younger team this year, but um, in that first game, they won 18 to 10, so they they can score. They have the ability mm -hmm. to score. I think it's really more figuring out the defense and, and how that's going to work this year. And with a lot of those defenders, guys like Alex St. John, who were a, a key part of the team, are now uh, in college. So definitely uh, a lot more games to see from them this year. And as you said, uh, Josh, there is a game on Friday that we will be broadcasting, our first spring broadcast of the year. It is a little bit late, but with you know April vacation here at school and a lot of other things going on, we got very busy. But that will be on Friday at 4.30 versus Portland, and you will hear – Thank all of us. Are you going to be? I can't. Okay, but you'll, you'll hear most of us, and, most you'll, of us. <laughs> and you'll be hearing you'll be hearing Cole throughout the season uh, for boys and girls lacrosse games. Uh, as we look over at girls lacrosse, they are also having a tough start to their season. Um, they've gotten some good play so far from Morgan Bolduck, who was a, a key part of last year's team. But I mean, what have you guys seen? Uh, just quickly going over. I mean, they've only had a couple of games, but what does this team look like compared to last year's team? Yeah, I think obviously Morgan Bolduck is going to be the linchpin for this team, and then Zoe Pennell, uh, another strong athlete who's going to go play uh, field hockey uh, in college, uh, are kind of the two you know 
leaders of the team, so to speak. Uh, you know, it's early in the season, though, as we said, like same thing with the boys lacrosse team. Um, you know, I think Coach Agresti has always had a team that kind of peaks in the middle to late part of the season, which is what you want. Uh, again, he's got a very veteran coach here in the SMAA, so I've got full confidence that they'll turn it around and, uh, again, have a very strong second half of the season. Yeah, they probably want to get some more players involved on offense, but Morgan Bulldog is going to be a great foundation for them offensively. And I believe their two losses, um, at least the last one was by one goal. So they're definitely playing mm -hmm. in some close games and um, some you know, decisions that didn't go right for them. But we'll see how they can uh, turn it around as the season goes on. And that's a key, a key point you made there, Cole. Both of their losses were by one goal. And Morgan Bulldock, who leads the team and goes right now with 11, mm -hmm. uh, has just been a key part of that team. So we'll definitely keep an eye on them. Moving to talk about baseball and softball. Baseball with a big 10-0 win yesterday in five innings. They're 2-0. and They play Falmouth on Thursday and Sanford on Saturday. So the big question, I know, we, again, same thing. We're really early in the season, so it's hard to tell. But last year they won a state championship. Do you think this team has the ability to make it that far? I think they've got the potential. You know, Josh Kapetsky leading the staff. Uh, you got a Division One pitcher on your staff. That's a great thing to have. Uh, I think the second question is going to be, uh, can they fill that number two role? Uh, Jack Nussbaum has did a nice job yesterday. Uh, I think he threw a two-hit shutout uh, or one-hit shutout. I Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I, think it, I think it was two hits. Was it two hits? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, again, it, he's got the potential there to be their number two. Um, maybe someone else steps into that role as well. Um, I think if they can get a solid number two behind Josh, uh, they can go – very, very far in these playoffs. But uh, South Portland looks very loaded this year, so they're going to be definitely, I think, the team to beat. Yeah, they, they've got some skilled guys on their team, definitely. Brought a lot of talent back, and we'll see. Um, I know, as you said, Jack Nussbaum filled in nicely against Bonnie Eagle. Uh, we'll see how far they can ride Josh Kapetsky, though, if they can get him to pitch in these big playoff games. Mm -hmm. it, it's a, just about who's available to pitch at the right time in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. uh, I know Jeremiah Chessie uh, could pitch as well, as well as Josh Penny, so – We'll see how their depth in the rotation plays out. But I definitely think they have plenty of offense with Henry and, and Jeremiah and, um, and Josh Penny. It should be a strong team this year. State championship, it'll be tough, certainly, because they had Cody Bowker last year who did so much for them. But I think they could get back there and at least be in the mix for, for a state championship again. Definitely. It's hard to fill the role in, in the pitching-wise of, of Cody Bowker, who was such a, a – uh, a big piece of that team last year, and I will say he's having a great year so far at Georgetown. Mm. Definitely um, both pitching and hitting. Um, but, yeah, baseball definitely has a lot of big games coming up and, and looking to go back-to-back -back with that state championship. With softball, not much to say. Only one game so far this season. That's a 10-to-1 loss to Wyndham. They play Biddeford on Friday. A lot of work to do. Softball made the playoffs last year but lost in the first round, so I'm looking to get a little bit farther than that. And to finish up, talk about TA one again. Uh, plug our schedule for TATV on Friday. Our live stream of Boys Lacrosse versus Portland is at 4:30. Then we will have uh, a lot of broadcasts in May for Boys and Girls Lacrosse. Um, those we'll, we'll keep you updated on those times and when those games are. And we're definitely excited to get those going this season. Now we will move over and talk about some professional sports. And we got to start with some Boston sports. We'll talk about the Bruins and the Celtics. Terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible game fives. Both teams terrible game fives. The Bruins lost 4-3 to three last night in overtime, a mistake that gave up an easy goal to Matthew Kachuk. And then the one thing I didn't like about that was he celebrated like he won the Stanley Cup. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess you, you kept your season alive, but still, it's just whatever. Anyways, well, what do we think about, about the Bruins losing Game 5? I mean, they're up 3-1 in the series. They're at home. It's a game that you, you kind of not even have to win, but you should win, and then mm -hmm. you just lose like that. What, what do you think about that? I mean, I, I listened to Jim Montgomery, Bruins coach's uh, post-game press conference mm -hmm. yesterday, and I you know he hit it right on the head. He said, you know, it wasn't that we played – 
poorly throughout the game. It's just we made critical mistakes at critical times. Um, if you think back to earlier in the game, too, Bertuzzi centered a puck right in front of Allmark, and there was no Bruins defenseman back. And that was one of the goals that Florida scored there, too. So you figure two of the four goals that Florida scored were literally turnovers literally in front of Olmark. Yep. So uh, you just can't do that. You can't do that in regular season games and absolutely not in a game-clinching or a series-clinching type situation like that. So, I mean, you figure you get rid of those two mental errors, the Bruins are okay. You know, mm -hmm. they, they played all right the rest of the game. And the other thing that Montgomery talked about, too, and they've got to figure this out for Friday night, is they, they're not scoring on five-on-five on five right now. Yep. Um, you know, two of their three goals last night were power play goals, and you just can't do that in the playoffs. You have to be able to score five-on-five. Five. So they got to figure that out. Um, Florida is being very aggressive. Um, I was very impressed with Florida's defense uh, again last night um, you know Florida you know basically was outshot two to one by the Bruins in the entire game but it didn't matter I mean they took advantage of the opportunities that they had and again some of it was of course Bruins mental mistakes uh, but again you'd like to think that the Bruins can rectify those mental mistakes and again hopefully take care of business Friday night in Florida yeah I can't find the exact number but I know the Bruins outshot the Panthers by a lot which mm -hmm. is even more surprising the fact that they lost and uh, just a mistake by Omar to come that far out of the net and um, care, uh, Florida was able to take advantage. Uh, but my you know bigger picture look on the Bruins is that they get the win record. I thought they were going to cruise the first two rounds, which I still think they'll clean it up in game six and then uh, probably take care of who's it going to be Toronto in yep. the next round. Most likely, um, yeah. Yeah, if they can hold on. Uh, so I think they'll kind of cruise through the first two rounds. My prediction for the Bruins is that they lose in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm. I think they just get burnt out, and they're not able to get over the hump and get to the Stanley Cup Finals. Okay. Uh, I, I am worried about that. I put that in our notes for today's show. Was like, you know, will this come back to haunt them this regular season? I mean, they played so hard for 82 games to try to get that, and then they got it. And like, and then even then, it's like Bergeron didn't sit in the Montreal game up in Montreal because he wanted to play in front of family for like maybe the last time. And then he gets hurt. It's like, I don't know, like that. That gave me like a bad feeling when that happened. I was like, oh no! I'm like, now what are we doing, guys? I'm like, now we're just playing for personal reasons. I'm like, yeah. I don't, you know, it's just not smart. And now, now we're in a dogfight in this series. And you know, Florida just looks a step faster to me. So. I don't know. It's making me a little nervous right now. I'm just hoping this regular season doesn't come back to haunt them. Yeah, I, I have no doubt we win this series. Um, the one thing I always like to say when, when people start to get worried is that, you know, it doesn't matter if you win six, you go 16 and 0 in the playoffs or if you takes you all 20, <laughs> if you takes you all 28 games to win the Stanley Cup. I think, yeah, it would be nice to win in game five and have a couple extra days of rest because you're w really waiting for Toronto and T Tampa Bay to finish that series. Mm -hmm. But if it takes them seven games, it takes them seven games. I mean, it would be nice for that rest. But I think Boston will win this this series easily. I don't. I'm not worried about Toronto. I'm not worried about the Metro teams. It's a Stanley Cup. It's gonna happen. I'm confident. It's just some little bumps in the road. I mean, la like the th the funniest thing is that Florida was able to win that game, not l like you said, almost perfectly. Not because we played better, because they're the better team, but because we made terrible mistakes. Yep. That's the only reason they won last mm -hmm. night. So I'm not worried about it. We're gonna go win in Florida and. Gonna be a great enjoy a little bit more sunshine right yeah, maybe they just want to get back to that 80 degree weather. exactly exactly they don't want to be in boston anymore now we can talk about the other brew uh, sorry not the other Bruins team the other boston <laughs> team that had a terrible end to their game five versus atlanta they were leading by i think it was up to what 11 or 12 in the fourth they're up 13 something like that yep. yeah yep. yep then let <laughs> atlanta come back in it and trey young hit a, a 30 footer to take the lead and win the game what do, we, what do we think about the Celtics? I know Cole's a Warriors fan, so he's got. We'll, we'll talk about that later. He's Why got is Cole smiling? Thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> but 
the Celtics team is just they're in my eyes are looking a little bit mediocre right now, and this is not the best time to be mediocre, especially when you have a series against the Sixers coming up. If you can beat Atlanta, well, mm-hmm. what do you what do you think about the Celtics right now? I mean, they're they're such a helter skelter team. Uh, in my personal belief, and I apologize for saying this to anyone who likes this player, but uh, it all comes down to Marcus Smart for me. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when he yep. is trying to play what I like to call hero ball. And he is trying to direct the offense and take shots and contested shots. I, I just don't think that's the recipe that makes the Celtics the best possible team, you know, five on five that they could possibly be. I think they're the best when he's distributing, making things happen uh, off the dribble and then passing it to someone else. Um, that's when they're at their best. And then obviously him playing great defense. But when he starts jacking up threes and all these contested shots, I, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it feels like everything gets very stagnant when that happens. I, like I was watching, like it just looks like everyone just stands around and lets him do his thing, which I understand. He's kind of the veteran leader of this team, so I get that along with Al Horford. But I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a great mix. Um, I wasn't thrilled with their effort level, like you said, in the, especially in the fourth quarter. I mean, that was an epic collapse. I yep. was debating in my head which was a worse game, was the Bruins or the Celtics. I, I don't know. They, they both have issues. Um, I think overall I would probably be more upset with the Celtics effort. The Bruins, like we said, we could chalk that up to just some mental mistakes quickly that you know were very detrimental but were quick mistakes versus the Celtics had a prolonged effort issue in the fourth quarter on Tuesday. So I don't know. I think Atlanta's going to be rocking uh, for the game tonight in, in, in Atlanta. Um, it's going to be a tough atmosphere. Um, it would not shock me in the least bit if Atlanta won that game and we're going back to Boston for a game six. Uh, just a note about Smart and – and the Celtics real quick is that I think that they play towards the, to the refs more than they do the Hawks. They mm-hmm. have the refs in the back of their mind constantly, and after every play, it's the first thing. Every whistle, they're turning to the refs and throwing their hands up, and it seems like they prioritize what the refs think over um, trying to attack the Atlanta Hawks, and uh, that collapse, I think a lot of it had to do with Tatum didn't get the ball those last couple possessions. Yep. There were yep. two big possessions in a row, and I'm like, they did not get J- Jason Tatum a touch there, and I mm-hmm. know Brown can obviously score the ball in clutch situations, but you've got to get your best player, the Rock, in those times. Um, and Trey Young, I mean, I agree. I think he's pretty overrated like most people do, but I, I can't help but cheer for a guy who's getting the overrated chance in the garden, and he just got voted most overrated in the league. So I, I kind of I cheer for him in that way just so he can kind of prove people wrong. And he's had some, some moments before. I know he's torched the Knicks. The Knicks fans hate him. The Celtics fans might hate him after this series, even if the Celtics come out on top. So, And uh, the, the two big things about uh, losing that game five if you're the Celtics are uh, Joel Embiid gets more rest for the second round, assuming the Celtics are able to move on and, yep. and play the Sixers. Mm-hmm. He'll get to rest his knee up for that series. And then uh, the Hawks get DeJounte Murray back, who was suspended mm-hmm. for game five. And he, uh, I think I saw the four games he played, he led them in scoring three out of those four games. Mm-hmm. So he's an effective player for Atlanta, and they'll get him back for this game six. And goes to game six, you never know what could happen. Hawks could pull out a big win. You're going back to Boston for a game seven in the first round, which was just supposed to be a quick tune-up series for the Celtics. They had more important things ahead, but couldn't take care of business against the Hawks. So we'll see if they can clean it up in game six. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a great point. I just want to point this out. So back when in the regular season when Grant uh, Williams yelled and put his hands on the referee, he got suspended for one game, and Celtics fans you know, were, were, were furious with that. And then Murray does the exact same thing, gets suspended for one game, and all the Celtics fans are, are like, yeah, he yeah. deserves that. So it, it's just funny that the Celtics fans will. Well, just not all Celtics. Okay, fans I would say I would say you t- you put your hands on a ref in any sport. I I it's automatic. Yeah. Like, yeah. It shouldn't even yeah. be a debate. I don't care what team you're on. But yeah, tough to tough to lose without Dejounte Murray. And I gotta say, like you said, Cole. I mean, 
you know, the Celtics collapsed in the fourth quarter, but that all came down to Trey Young hitting a clutch thirty footer. Like that, that's yeah. that, that's yeah. what it was. I mean, he's, he's. I mean, he might be overrated, and I, and I can agree with that. But hitting a, a shot like that, you know, like Steph Curry style. I was is, gonna say it kind of looked like someone we know <laughs> that Cole likes. <laughs> But I, I think talking about, about smart, I definitely agree with you, Josh. I think um, not always the best player on the floor. At the end of the game, yep. you've got to have your best five. And in my opinion, they should have had Brogdon on the floor. Uh, Brogdon, so much White, yep. Tatum, Brown, and then pick Horford or Williams. Yep. That, Just more consistent than smart. smart yeah, took and Joe Mazzulla penalties. in his first year, too, so he's having to make these decisions for the first time. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah and I mean, and like you said, smart's a leader in the locker room. I mean, yeah. he's respected, yeah. so it's like I – I, I almost feel like that's kind of it, too. It's like there's definitely pressure on Missoula to put him out there. Yeah, definitely. Celtics, as you said, game six tonight in Atlanta, hoping they can win that one. If not, they're going back to a game seven, which would be terrible because mm-hmm. then Joel Embiid will pretty much have a new knee at that point, and Celtics might be in trouble. Well, now we'll talk about some, some more NBA topics and then some maybe some NHL topics as well. The Warriors battling with the Sacramento Kings. They won last night by six or seven, I believe. And so the Warriors look like they might be able to move past the Kings. Cole, I'm going to be honest with you. I've only watched one of these games, and that was Sacramento's <laughs> first win in game one. Tell me a little bit about this series, and, and then we'll talk about Draymond's uh, pretty much stepping on Sabonis' uh, uh, ribs. Rib cage, or rib yeah. cage, yeah. Well, Sacramento's got a good team. You don't stumble into the three seed for no reason. De'Aaron Fox is a star player. Yep. He is yep. so good, so quick. Um He's killing the Warriors with his floater. It's almost every other possession that he, he gets a floater to go. And then Sabonis is a force inside, just a really strong player. But the Warriors have been able to overcome that with their shooting. It was Clay Thompson last night. I don't know how many threes he hit, but he was really, really good. That postseason clay wasn't more game five clay last night instead of the, the famous game six clay. Uh, and Steph has been unbelievable. It comes down to the fact that we have a player that just defies logic in Steph Curry. And um, and the Warriors, their role players are playing really well. Uh, kind of like last year, their role players step up at the right time. Uh, Gary Payton, uh, the second, has been great. And then DiVincenzo, who we newly ac- acquired this year, has uh, been really good too. And then one guy that just doesn't get talked about enough is Andrew Wiggins. He's just a quiet shot maker that can knock it down at the right time. And uh, just a good collection of players that Steve Kerr has. And uh, he's going against Mike Brown, who was an assistant coach for the Warriors last year, so he knows a lot about how they play. And the Kings were able to come out on top their first two home games. Warriors battled back and finally got that win on the road that they needed. They've been awful on the road this year, and they were finally able to go into Sacramento in their hostile environment, get a nice gritty win, and then go back to the Bay to try and close it out. I'm optimistic, but it's obviously not over yet. Sacramento have the the clutch player of the year in De'Aaron Fox, and so he can do a lot. And uh, I don't want to send it back to Sacramento for Game Seven. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'll, I'll just say this real quick. You know, I think this series and the Lakers series, which they've already wrapped up, you know, just kind of proves once again that the regular season in NBA really does not matter uh, yeah. because you don't need to play all these players throughout the regular season and get them tired. Uh, it's just you just need to get into the tournament, and then anything could happen. Um, so you know, the same thing with the Warriors. You know, they they obviously kind of just. You know, ho-hum their way through the season. Uh, they were the sixth seed, right, Cole? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, again, the sixth seed, not bad. But, again, at the end of the day, it's just like, you know what? You, you could win a series being the sixth seed or the Lakers were, what, one of the play-in games. Um, yeah. So, again, they – I don't know. It, it doesn't do a lot of good things for me for the regular season of the yeah. NBA when you have these playoff it's series. True. And you just point at it and you go, you go, oh, 
So I don't need to compete for the top three seed. Like I could just coast and I'll make it and then we're all healthy and then boom, then we play. So again, that's just kind of the uh, turn the switch on at the right time kind of theory, which again, is proving itself true once again this year. So Cole, we're gonna move to Draymond Green now, and I, I have a question. I have a question for you, and I want you to be honest with me because I, I'm gonna be honest with you. All right, no, no matter what antics he pulls, I can appreciate that Draymond Green has been a fantastic player in the NBA for many years. He's a big part, of, a, a big part of their championship-winning teams. But after seeing things like him stepping on the rib cage of, of Sabonis, or some of these other things that he pulls, or all this trash talk you see on the internet. Does it sometimes make you mad that he's doing this all the time, or do you do you think it's it's good? I mean, not not good, but do you think it's it's him just being Draymond? It's definitely entertaining. Um, I obviously I think he was wrong for doing that. Sabonis did grab his leg a little bit, but the stomp was definitely a little excessive. It was a long time ago, so <laughs> if you had asked me like a week ago, I would have had a much more <laughs> different reaction. But um. I think it comes down to reputation a lot in the NBA, and Draymond has the reputation of kind of a bully, and Sabonis is the nice guy in this situation. So Sabonis can get away with a lot, too. And this goes throughout the NBA. It's not just the Draymond situation, but you have guys in the NBA who are known as, like, nice guys, don't get in trouble, who who can get away with a lot, kind of whining at the refs because um, another player who has a worse reputation does something to them. It's gone both ways in the series, but the Draymond – stomp was kind of the climax of it um obviously he's wrong for doing that but it's draymond you're gonna have to deal with those things that's what you sign up for when uh you have draymond green on your roster yeah you know who his nhl comp is on that zach brad marchand boom got yeah. it he got it it's been, and, and i think that it's perfect because marchand is a fantastic player and it's been a crucial part of that team but sometimes he does really stupid things you know like, what? sometimes you need that you yeah. just need someone who just gets under the skin of the yeah. team a little bit it's not a bad thing. and hey we don't even play that bad without him he's come off the bench the last two oh, games yep. the game he was suspended the warriors won so we can deal without him mm-hmm. yeah talk about some other nba series the heat the first play-in team to ever win a, a series, and they did it against the number one team, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the New York Knicks beat the Cleveland Cavs. Are you guys surprised that the Heat are playing the Knicks in this in this series? Or, do, I mean, it, does it – I mean, I feel like I'm back in my childhood and we're in the 1990s. <laughs> it's Heat-Knicks at Madison Square Garden, if that's what you mean. But, uh, you know, I, I think Eric Spolster is, you know, easily top three coach in the NBA. I mean, I, I know when we were looking at the Celtics and where they were going to be seeding teams, I did not want to play the Heat. I was actually kind of happy they got the second seed because I know the Heat are good. They're, you know, Jimmy Butler is a stud. You know, Tyler Hero is a great player. They've got guys all around the court. Uh, Bam is a great player. Obviously, the coaching is fantastic. So the Heat are going to be a very tough out in these playoffs. I, they'll, beat the, they'll beat the Knicks. They're going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. I agree. Jimmy Butler turns it on at the right time, had – what was it 56 a couple yep. games ago 42 last night yep. to um win it for the heat and the, the heat are just a staple in the nba playoffs mm-hmm. every year eric mm-hmm. spolstra gets that team uh where they need to be at the right time and these role players guys like max Struess, like almost no-name players hit big threes for them and uh mm-hmm. it comes down to jimmy butler just being incredible i mean the michael jordan People call him Michael Jordan in the playoffs because he, he kind of has the same play style. He can score at will, and so it's it's really fun to watch Jimmy. And uh, I hope that he can make a run. It's always fun to see an eight seed. Um, we don't see it very often. It's shocking that they knocked off the Bucks. Of course, Giannis was not 100% missed, yeah. missed a game in there, so that definitely yep. factored in. I think it probably goes the other way if Giannis is 100% for that entire series. But Jimmy Butler is just an amazing player. Mm-hmm. I agree. 
So Knicks Cavs, uh, Knicks win in five, was it? Was it was they sweep? I think it was five. five. Yeah, five. it was a five. Five. Um, this one is a little less surprising to me just because I knew the Cavs are, again, a very, very young team. Donovan Mitchell is not really used to being the staple piece of, of, of an offense. When he was in Utah, it was him and Gobert. He had some other players around him. And it, with, with, uh, with Cleveland, he has to be that guy. And um, the Knicks just played better basketball for five games. And mm-hmm. so I think um, it'll be an interesting series, but I'm with you guys. Miami wins that one within five or six games. Pretty easy win for them. And we'll see who they're playing. Might be the Sixers. Might be the Celtics. I mean, this is could be the Hawks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with with how with how Boston is playing, I think I can confidently say this is the 76ers' easiest chance to make the finals. 76ers have a good chance. Yeah, with um, the one seed out. out if, if 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 Embiid yes. is healthy, if he is not healthy, well, you're going to see the same thing that happened to the Bucks, where they just they they might get blown out. You know, yeah, it could true. be that situation. If Boston makes the seven games, then yeah, like I said, Joel Embiid <laughs> pretty much has a new knee at that point. Um, I'm trying to think of the other series. Phoenix take. Take, took down the Clippers mm-hmm. in five, and we currently have oh my God, I'm blanking. Uh, the Lakers beating uh, the Grizzlies three two, yep, yep. and that was I think that game was last night. I think the Lakers won, or maybe oh, Memphis Memphis stayed alive. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, so that's an interesting series. Uh, Dylan Brooks and LeBron versus LeBron James. I can't even stand that. <laughs> Dylan Brooks, like, I don't know how you can trash talk probably the greatest player. I, not argue. I know how you could trash great. talk him. It's I mean, pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, but it's just it's it, it reminds me of like Last Dance, the Jordan documentary. There were these random guys that you've never heard of yeah. that had little bits and pieces of oh, this guy was trash talking Jordan and Jordan just torched him. This yeah. is gonna be in the LeBron documentary someday. <laughs> yes. People are gonna be like, Who was Dylan Brooks? This guy that beefed with LeBron for one series. Uh these are the two teams that I hate, by the way, the Lakers and the yes. Grizzlies. Not a big LeBron guy, and I really hate the Grizzlies. So these are the two teams that the Warriors have lined up if they can take care of the Kings mm-hmm. and I would almost rather lose to the Kings than any of these two teams. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched – I don't remember which game it was, but I think it was the game after Brooks made the comments about him being like a old bear or something and that he was – and every time LeBron hit a three, the camera would pan to Brooks sitting yeah. on the bench with a, with a sad <laughs> face on. It's like they did it on purpose. They kept like putting it back to Brooks, like, and, and he had a bad game. The game after he trash-talked yep. him, he had a terrible game. Lots of interesting series. Um, now, I, I would like to get your guys' prediction on your Stanley Cup and NBA Finals. I know that it's very early. It's mm. very, very early to, to, to predict. But give me what you think is going to be in the Stanley Cup Final and who you think will be in the NBA Finals. All right, real quick. Stanley Cup, I want Bruins, obviously. And I'd love to see the Oilers. I think that would be a very okay. fun matchup. Um, I don't know if that will happen on the Western Conference side, but that would be my fun matchup there. And then uh, NBA I'll stick with the Boston theme. I want Boston, and uh, you know what? I, I think we're going to have a rematch. I think it's going to be Warriors. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, for the NHL, trust me, I really want the Bruins to win, but like I said, I think that they lose in um, the Eastern Conference Finals to – I apologize for not knowing this, but they could play the Rangers in the Eastern Conference Finals, correct? Yes, the okay. Rangers and, and, and Devils are currently tied mm-hmm. up at two. Okay, my prediction is – the Rangers come out of the East and the Avalanche for a second straight year. Wow. So Rangers, Avs in the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, and then the NBA Finals. Oh, man. I got to mm. – I'll take the Warriors because I don't trust Memphis. I don't know if the seven-seeded Lakers can get there, and I don't think the Nuggets will really do anything. Mm-hmm. Would the Warriors play the winner of – Grizzlies Lakers. Yeah. Is that? Okay. Yeah. And you're e- easy. They're Western, almost in the easy Western Conference. Almost final. in the Western Conference final. Yeah. And yeah. then out of the East, 
I'm not going to lie. I think it'll be the Celtics. But I'm going to pick the Sixers just because I don't like the Celtics. <laughs> so, NHL, I, um, first of all, i got to say, I think that Seattle is going to do exactly what Miami did. And they're mm. gonna, Seattle's going to take down the Avalanche. They're up 3-2 in the series right yep. now. Yep. Um, from the, I think it's going to be Dallas. I think Dallas is a fantastic mm. team. I think they're getting out their issues right now against Minnesota. And I have Boston. Mm. I just, I, they, they're going to do it. Dallas versus Boston. Kind of a, lackluster Stanley Cup. There's no real storyline to it. Dallas versus Sagan Boston. versus Boston. That's kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, some people will, will. I hate to be a downer about the Bruins, but it almost just feels too good to be true. Like, how can <laughs> they just cruise to a championship after winning whatever well, it was, 64 I th- games? I think what this series is showing you is that regular season success is not playoff success. So, mm-hmm. yes, they had a great regular season, and they're still a great team, but they're, they are, they're currently ha- having to fight against other teams. They're going to have to fight against whoever, whoever they play. Um, and Olmark is not the Olmark of the regular season. Clearly not the Olmark no, of the regular no. season. And so, and that's, a, that's I mean, I don't think I wouldn't mind seeing Swayman in game six. Yeah, they could I, mix I, him I in. Mean, I wouldn't either. Um, and then for the NBA, <sighs> that's tough. Um, There's just no great option in the West. There isn't. No, I it's think very, very a lot of parity. I think Denver finally really? makes mm-hmm. the the finals, and then I think it's Denver versus the Celtics, and I think Denver wins there. First ever? Yeah, I just think I just wow. think is it first ever? Uh, sure. uh might be. I think Denver's a regular season team. I don't. I don't think they get it done in the playoffs. I mean, Joker's obviously so good. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah. I mean he he could dominate. I don't mean, trust the Grizzlies. Don't really trust the Lakers. So by default, I mean I'm forgetting about the Suns here. Yeah, but they they haven't had time to build rapport with with kd he hasn't been there for very long i, I don't think like anything would shock me in the western conference right now i yeah, feel no. like it, it, any any of those teams could come out i'd be like okay like honestly the warriors are me. looking good if they can take care of the kings mm-hmm. the nuggets have never won an nba right, final and they've never won the western conference so there you go here here's my here's my opinion whoever wins the warriors Kings series goes to the finals i know that's a hot take mm. but i could see the kings wow. the kings are a great team They're kings really are good yep yeah. Two games. I've watched two of the games of the series, and I'm very impressed with them. Very yeah. impressed. I, I I also agree. I, I it might have been Cole said it, but I don't think the Suns um, are as good uh, as good as they are on paper. Yeah. I think watching some of those games versus the Clippers, like you're basically playing Russell Westbrook, like <laughs> you, no Kawhi, no Paul George, yeah. and you're yeah. barely beating the Clippers. Like yeah. that's you know I think it's, it's almost too many guys on one team. Like you mm-hmm. look at on paper, like Chris Paul, Booker, Durant, and Aiton, and you're like, wow, this team should win the finals every year, but yep. they just they can't because it's just too much. And we will finish up this episode by talking about the Red Sox. You guys take it away. I don't. Listen, they are who we thought they are. <laughs> all right, that's that's what I they are. I think they're a little bit better. Oh my gosh! No, they're 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 the 500 team. They have zero. I mean, zero starting pitching. It, <laughs> it is a bad, bad starting pitching. What do you staff. mean? You don't think Chris Sale's good? Oh my god. Um, <laughs> so I I saw a stat in this it, it was yesterday and it blew me away. It was the Red Sox have the third best offense in baseball. They have the ninth best bullpen in baseball and they have the worst starting pitching in baseball. Wow. It's like if they could just just fix the starting pitching, they would be a legitimate contender. It's like they, and they're treading water too. They're like 500. Um I know they lost yeah. yesterday 6-2 to the Orioles. But this the AL East is so good where they're, every they're single team, every single team is over five hundred. Yep. There's no other division even remotely like that in baseball. So, yeah. you know, it just stinks that they're in a little bit of a reset this year with their starting pitching, and they're just their division is just loaded. Yeah, it's a bridge year because of that exact exactly. reason. The yeah. starting pitching, mm-hmm. the offense is. See, the Red Sox are a fun team to watch, though. The offense is great. The pitching is always going to make things interesting with. 
How can their defense hold on mm -hmm. with bad starting pitching? Verdugo is legit. He had a, yes. a stretch where he was legit playing like an MVP. And then you mm -hmm. have Devers and um, uh, Yoshida's getting back into the group. Yep. He's finally yep. breaking out a little bit, hitting some homers. And so if, if the bats can keep doing what they're doing and, you know, you get some more consistency from Chris Sale and Corey Kluber, and mm -hmm. I know Garrett Whitlock is back in the rotation, which is huge. He's great for them. Mm -hmm. Um Bello, be Bello needs to get it together, too. They sent him back down this week to the minors, get a few more starts. Yeah, but, yeah. and then they have guys like Duran who are doing well, too. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and don't forget about uh, Adam Duvall, who's currently on, on IR. He is yeah, the, right. the uh, a, gonna, going to be the AL MVP. That's <laughs> Just, yeah. But my one last question for you guys. Do you think that Boston would maybe, maybe not go all in, but when, you know, once the trade deadline kind of comes around, do you think they'll go in on a, on a, on a decent starting pitcher? No. I, I think they've accepted the fact that this is a bridge year and they just can't compete with the rest of the, the league is so good right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think they'll be buyers or sellers. No, I think they'll just kind of stand pat. They'll, they'll be a 500 team all year. You know, they'll probably be like 84 and 80, you know, 78, 84, something like right around just, there. Just outside but of the some, wild card. Something's, yeah. well, something's, yeah. something's got to give in the AL East. Every team is, I believe, 500 or better. One of these teams is going to have to fall to below 500. I don't think they can all keep this up. Is it the Red Sox? It'll probably be the Red Sox, but it could be somebody else. You never know who yep. slips. The one thing I, I got to say about the Red Sox before we finish this off is I can't believe their first game against the Yankees is in, like, the middle of June. Yeah, I know. Uh, who makes these schedules? Who makes these <laughs> schedules? No, it's good because that's when people are actually watching in the summertime instead of right now in the NBA playoffs and I agree. are going on. Yeah. I, I wish there was some, some early season Yankees games. That would, that would be cool. All right, that'll do it for episode 45, a nice longer episode mm -hmm. than usual, which is, which is nice to do. We'll definitely be keeping up with these, and hopefully we can get to 50 before the end. We will. Of, of we will. School. Yeah. yeah, before I get out of here, we yeah. got to hit 50, <laughs> and 50 will be a special episode where we just trash on the Warriors. The whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Anyways, that'll do it for episode 45. Thank you all for watching, and we will see you soon.